What's up, good people? This is your girl, Ortandia, and you are tuning in to your favorite podcast, House of Ortandia. And let's jump right into it. So what's going on in the news today? Well, I know you guys have heard about Miss Megan Keller over from the Today Show. Megan Kelly is her name. Let me just start out by saying this. Miss Megan Kelly, you are the clown of the week. You are an absolute clown. And um, let's talk about why she's a clown. Well, Miss Miss Kelly thought that it was she didn't understand why there was a problem for white people to be in blackface, especially at Halloween. You no, know, Halloween was her, you know, way of expressing herself and her her way of paying homage to Miss Diana Ross. Like, oh, you know, her thing was, ooh, I want to be, you know, Diana Ross is an amazing star. Who wouldn't want to be Diana Ross? You know, put some, you know, dark in my face, my face, my face. Put a wig on, and I'm Miss. Miss Ross, no ma'am, you're not. And that's degrading, that's disgusting, that's belittling, that's devaluing black people when you do a black face, even on Halloween. Um, and it, I find it hard to believe that and she couldn't understand it. She was on her show with about three or four people the earlier part of the week and talking about blackface and why to her it's not a big deal. And for her not thinking it's a big deal, apparently she I got um Notification. I get notifications from NPR. She's been, um, uh, she won't be on that show anymore. And I don't feel sorry for her. Goodbye. Good riddance. Um, but, um, she's in negotiations with the network, I guess, to do something else or be on a late, I don't know, whatever they're in it. Her and her people are in negotiations with them about, but, um, I find it hard to believe that she couldn't understand at 47 years old. She's been on this planet long enough to understand what blackface means. So, ma'am, miss me with that. I don't understand. And then she gave a, a fake apology. Um, you know, the the apology that you give when you've been dragged through the, through the um, Internet. Then you want to come out the next day with an apology. So it was a fake apology. That's what you really feel and what you really meant. Um, so we're not buying it. Um, but yeah, I, it, the arrogance in which she thinks it's okay to be in blackface. Um, it's just, it's arrogance. It's white privilege. It's, I don't understand why you have a problem with me putting, darkening my skin. How could you have a problem with that? Because it was done to degrade black people, to remind black people that they're nothing more than a caricature. That's why we have a problem with blackface. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's still going on. I saw something on Ebony magazine where it was a teacher in like Iowa or something she had on blackface. I mean, you see it all the time. It pops up everywhere. And then let's not forget about the cartoonist over in Australia who depicted the greatest athlete in the world, Miss Serena Williams, as some as a whole ape. He had her these exaggerated nostrils and these super big lips and she was jumping on and she was like huge and she was jumping on top of a tennis racket. And then he depicted her opponent, uh, Miss I think her name is Osaka. I don't know, I can't pronounce her last name. No disrespect to her. She's a great athlete as well. But he depicted her as a white, blonde, skinny woman. Now, mind you, Miss Osaka is Haitian, black, 
and she's Japanese. So she's a biracial woman. She's not white, nor is she blonde. The blonde in her hair that she has in her, in part of her hair is dye. You did what I'm saying? So yeah, I got a whole, pro- and then the cartoonist had the audacity to say that, no, he wasn't trying to be racist, that he wasn't racist at all. He was just showing her to be a spoiled brat. Okay. All right. So, so you, yeah, I, 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 I didn't come on here to get riled up, but I may, as you have been listening to me episode after episode, you know, on occasions, you know, certain topics rile me up <laughs> and blackface and degrading people especially black people gets me riled up. So, okay, moving on. You guys keep your eye on Miss Kelly. See what's going to be, what will become of her. Um, you know, I don't feel sorry for her because the whole way that she came into the today show, how they did Miss Tamron Hall, ousted her and brought, brought Miss Kelly in. Yeah. I don't, mm-mm. you know how they say you reap what you sow, ma'am, you're reaping right now. Okay. You're reaping, okay, baby girl. Um, yeah, moving on, moving on though. Move, we're gonna move along, move along. Have you guys? Um, are you guys familiar what's going on with the NBA? Um, if you are not, let me enlighten you. They have a G League, and that's the G. That's the league for, um, you know, people who are maybe coming out of high school or people that want to get into the NBA. They go and they're not, maybe they're not ready for the NBA or maybe no team has picked them up yet. They can go into the G League, you know, play, play alongside of some mid-tier athletes, you know, get that experience, get their baller skills up, you know, get in there and dominate. And then you'll, you know, maybe the Bulls will come and look at you, play a couple of games or the Lakers will come and look at you, play a couple of games or, you know, whomever will come and they'll, you know, pick you up and put you, sign you to a contract and bring you on to the NBA. Well, they will be, they, before they were not paying the athletes, right? So commissioner, the commissioner of the NBA, and I'm about to drag him in a minute, but let me just say what he's going to be doing. He came out and he said, listen, we're going to be paying these athletes next year, $125,000 a year, um, these guys are coming right out of high school so that they, they don't have to go into the NCAA to a D1 school where they can't make any money, you know, because they're on scholarship. So they, they're being, and we're going to get, we're going to I'm going to drag the NCAA in a minute too. <laughs> but, um, we're going to bring them into the G league, let them play. So in other words, if you graduate high school on May 30th, June 1st, you can go into the G League, make $125,000 a year, you know, maybe play for, you know, maybe a year, maybe a few months, boom, going on to, into the NBA. But at least you're making some money because when these guys say go to Duke or even my favorite school, Alabama, you on the list too, Duke, Alabama, North Carolina, UCLA, Michigan, Michigan State, Miami, where all these D1 schools when these kids go to these schools, they can't make, they can't work, they can't do anything. They're on scholarship, and but the school are pimping these black bodies. They're making millions of dollars off of the backs of these black men and women. Um, as they're playing basketball and football, they're selling their jerseys. The schools are selling their jerseys. Um, they're selling all kind of stuff. You name it, their schools are selling it. They're making money off of the games. They're getting sponsorships from the teams. 
The school is raking in the money, honey. But the students, the student athletes, they get nothing. Um, and so the NBA made it where you couldn't come right out of high school. So you have to um, at least go to, they call it one and done. You have to go to school for at least your freshman year. After your freshman year, you can come into the NBA. And so while I'm getting ready to drag the NBA commissioner, you say, because he tried to act like this is his idea. It's not his idea. You know, I was watching a YouTuber and I didn't know this. I learned this from watching her. Her name is Lovely T, L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I. It's her YouTube handle. But she said LeVar Ball, and I'm not a fan of his, but she said he created, and which he did, he created the same league last year. It's called the um, Junior Basketball League he created, where he was paying these 18, 19-year-olds, paying them to play, and then they can, from that, his league, you can go and possibly get picked up by an NBA team. But they trashed him last year. Everybody from the NBA commissioner trashed him. Stephen A. trashed him. Um, oh, um, I can't think of the other guy. The other black dude, Sean, I want to say. I can't, whoever. But he was, love. they ran him. They read him for filth last year. A year later, the NBA commissioner comes out like, this is what we're going to do. Like he's some kind of, <laughs> like he's doing a good deed. Sir, not 12 months ago, this was already being done, and you you guys trashed this man. So, yeah, I don't, it's a great idea. Let me say that. I love, I love it. I love that these guys, these young men that are coming from extreme impoverished um, conditions, they're able to take care of their families, you know, um, as opposed to, like, like I said, maybe going to Duke. And you can't make, you don't have no money. So you, you at Duke for a whole year, your family's still back in poverty. And so I was watching a show where it was Tracy McGrady, Chauncey Billups, and the, and another, and a woman, a white woman, um, they were on this ESPN show. Now I don't know, ESPN got so many shows, so I don't know what show it was, but the woman couldn't understand why it's important for these kids to get paid. Or why, you know, for these kids, this is a big deal. Her argument was, well, the G League isn't, you know, it's not so great. It's not lavish. You know, those guys are going to be flying coach. And sometimes some of the leagues, some of the teams, they are on a bus. They have to ride buses everywhere. Like, it's it's not living lavishly. You know, whereas if they go to one of these D1 schools... They're top-of-the-line schools. Their facilities are top-of-the-line. Some of these schools have their very own plane. And so Tracy McGrady, who came right from high school into the NBA, Chauncey Billups, he played three years. At, I forgot what school he went to, but then he came into the NBA. But they both, and I love what they, 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 they said, they both came from poverty. So they were trying to explain to her, it's a big deal to these guys to be able to take care of their families now. Like they don't want to wait a whole nother year to be able to buy their mama a house. They've $125,000 for them is like $125 million. You know what I mean? But she could not understand, couldn't wrap her brain around why they would want to do that as opposed to going to Duke or going to North Carolina or going to UCLA or wherever. And they, but Instead of her just conceding to the fact like these men, they came from those extreme situations like 
most of the four out of the five black kids that go to these D1 schools come out of, instead of her conceding and saying, you know what, I don't understand it. I didn't come from that, but um, I, you know, I can respect that you guys understand. And I'll just leave it at that. She just, I don't understand. She was like, and they don't deserve. He, she was like, and I, I, I'm not saying that they deserve all of these millions of dollars at, at 18 either, but at least go somewhere Go to Duke. She didn't say Duke, but go to a D1 school, play for a year, and then come out at 19. At 19, yeah. Man, what's the difference between 18 and 19? I'll wait. There's no difference. But Chauncey checked her. He said, but you got MLB, that's Major League Baseball. You got those kids coming out making 18. I mean, I'm sorry. They're, excuse me. They're 18, 19-year-old. They're making 18, making fresh out of high school, making millions of dollars. So what's the difference? But she was like, they don't deserve. And so <laughs> I can't remember if it was Chauncey or, or Tracy said, well, they deserve to be paid for their, for what, for what, uh, for their skill. They deserve to get paid for that. And she, that he's absolutely right. What do you mean? So they don't deserve to get paid at 18. They should go to some D1 school. But the coaches that are paid more than some NBA coaches, they deserve to get paid. The, the, the recreational directors and all of those, they deserve to get millions of dollars off of these kids' backs, but the kids don't deserve that money. Ma'am, if you don't have several seats, buckle your safe, buckle the belt in, sit down, shut your mouth quickly. Like I can't take it, but it's, it's the same thing. It's that same arrogance. Like I, you know, I don't have that experience but this is how it ought to be. If you don't have the experience, how are you going to tell somebody how their life ought to be? What choices they should make? Ma'am, shut your mouth and sit down and take, and have, like I said, have several seats. But I'm glad they checked her. They did it very politely and very gently because, you know, they are guys and they didn't, they didn't get all aggressive. But they was just like, Tracy was like, listen, I, I came out of high school to play in the league for a reason. I, I want to take care of my family. And let me just say this about poverty. People, you know, people like to say uh, they need to just pick themselves up by their bootstraps. We did it. My father was an immigrant. He came over here from Germany. And he looked at, you know, okay, we, weren't, we were imports, boo. We weren't, black people were not immigrants. We were imports. We were um, uh, <laughs> produce. You know what I mean? We were products. I meant to say not produce. We were products. We were, you know what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? It's like you can't, poverty is not just not having enough money. Poverty is holistic. It impacts you mentally and physically and socially, financially. It impacts every facet of your life. And if you come from generational poverty, all you see are drug dealers. Everybody drops out of high school. 12 and 13-year-olds are pregnant. You can't walk down the street without um, street harassment at 12 years old. If you that's what you come out of, you think an opportunity to get your family out of that, you think that that's wrong? How, how dare you? How dare you? You know, so, yeah. But that's what's going on there. Um... What else is going on, guys? Oh, did you? Are you guys checking for the Ti and Tiny new show? It's Ti and Tiny Family Friends and Family Hustle. It's you know Ti and Tiny, their family. It's Monica and her family, 
it's, it's who is my best friend in my head. Shout out to fashion analysts. <laughs> I love Miss Monica, honey. I had a whole um, podcast about her. It, the podcast title is Longevity in the Music in Music Industry. It's about her and Miss Patti LaBelle, my two favorite singers. But y'all go check that out. But um, it's Latoya Luckett and her family, her husband, and she's she's with child. You know, Latoya, Latoya Luckett is the an original Destiny Child member. Um, and it's also, uh, who else is also in the show? Um, Latoya, uh, Toya Wright and her daughters, Regine and her daughter, Rain, I believe is the baby's, the baby's name, but it's them navigating through life, you know, and you know, all of their endeavors, Monica making new music, you know, Toya writing books, um, Latoya having her first child with her husband, et cetera, et cetera. So the first episode was cute. You know, it started out a little slow. But um, some of the parts soured me and to my stomach. You know, oh, they came right from the gate. They start talking. Ti and Tiny were in the kitchen. And they were talking about, you know, the latest, you know, scandal of Mister Ti. How he he was backstage somewhere smacking some woman on her butt. Um, and somebody recorded it and sent it to TMZ and all these other um, outlets. And so. He had the T.I. had the audacity to say to his wife that, oh, I don't think you mad at me. You mad at the people that keep calling you and bringing it up and talking to you about it. She said, no, I'm mad at you because you, my husband, you need to, to step it up. You know, he has he he has some huge wables. He got a huge pair like, sir. No, she's mad at you. You did her wrong. And so this is the part in the show that got the sour my stomach. The end of the show, they're at, uh, or the end of the first episode, rather, they're at LaToya Luckett's house. She's having a housewarming party. So some of the women at the party, these are LaToya's friends. They're saying to Tiny, oh, you know, we we just, we are, uh, what she say? We just respect you so much, you know, that you would stand by your husband through thick and through thin, no matter what, you know, because people don't know how to stay in there and really just stay by their man. Child, when I tell you my stomach was doing somersaults, I wanted to jump through the screen. And then at the party was uh, Pastor John Gray. Him and his wife were at the party as well. And so he going to co-sign the foolishness by saying, oh, you know, a good man. I mean, no, 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 no. A good woman can bring the best out of a man. Sir, I'm not going, I'm not going to drag him because he's my brother in Christ. He's a man of authority and I respect authority. But however, comma. Sir, I'm going to have to have you have a seat on this one. What he should have been saying is, you know what? T.I. is wrong. And you two need to come and see me in my office. I need to counsel you both. I need to counsel him individually because he don't know how to be a man clearly. Um, and he needs my help. That's what he should have been saying. He didn't say that. He co-signing this foolishness, this whole narrative about black women need to stand by Stick and stay by cheaters. Now, mind you, T.I. don't have no remorse. On the same episode, he was with his homeboys. And one of them said, do you love Tiny? Do you want to stay with her forever? You know what he said? He said, yeah, as long as I could be me. Translation, I'm going to be with her forever as long as I can cheat how I want to cheat. That's not okay. You don't stand by no fool like that. You are, you have devoured, you, um, you devour, devour, yeah. You have devalued 
Me as a wife, you have broken the vows of our relationship. You have, you name it. Like, no, that is not okay. Stop telling, especially black women. We love to tell black women this kind of foolishness. Stay in there, girl. Stick with him. This man has no remorse. None. He going to keep doing it. He don't have, he like, I've been doing this. What you mean? She knew who I was when she met me. And people are like, she's some kind of heroine for staying in this thing. He's, he's now I'm not saying let's run and get a divorce. Shout out to Mary, uh, to Tina Campbell. Uh, her husband was cheating on her majority of their marriage, but guess what? Her husband stepped up to the plate and took responsibility for what he did. They went to counseling separately and together. And right now they do speaking engagements. They're very transparent about what happened. They help other couples. They're on the other side of this thing. You see what I'm saying? But you don't just stay by nobody acting a whole fool. Because what he could bring that woman AIDS. He all kind of stuff. Like, stop telling black women to stick with this foolishness. No. Absolutely not. I don't co-sign and have several seats to everybody with that that, that want to pump, pump women up, black women up, especially that you a rider if you stay with a cheetah girl. You a rider for real. She ain't no rider. No, 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 no. They ain't riding. You don't ride for nobody like that. You hold those kind of people. You hold him accountable. No, sir. You're held accountable. <laughs> Look, I done got, I, listen, I done got riled. I didn't want to get upset. I said, I'm going to come in here and talk calmly. I just want, because I don't want to scare people. Every time they feel like every time they come on my podcast, they're like, dang, every time I listen to her, she angry. Listen, I love black people. I love black women especially. Like I, And when things are, are done that are not right, I have to call it. Like, no, you no, 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 no. Big capital N, big capital O, no. I got to call it. Um, what else? I'm going to move off of this. So I'll move on to, 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 so I hope y'all checking the show out. You know, maybe we'll see, you know, we'll see where this ends up. Um, but yeah, the show, I, I will be following it. Cause like I said, my girl Monica is on there. So I'm definitely going to be watching it. Um, what else is going on in the news? We talked about Miss Kelly, Miss Megan Kelly. We talked about the G league situation. Um, we talked about the new show. What? Oh, honey. Okay. I, now I got to prepare myself and how I'm preparing myself. I'm, I'm wiping my eyes. I'm like, okay, Artania. I'm talking myself in my head. Like Artania, calm down, talk it through, talk it through. You're okay. You're in a safe place. <sighs> okay. So I have a big problem with TV. I've been watching TV. My favorite, I've been watching you know, a bunch of shows on Hulu, right? Um, my favorite new show was New Amsterdam. Um, I love Chicago Med and all the Chicago series shows. But what I've been finding a lot lately is they are trying to literally shove black men and white women interracial couples down our throat. First, I was like, okay, it was one or two here or there. When I tell you now every commercial in between the shows it's a black man, a white woman, a bunch of interracial kids. I'm sorry, a black man, a white, yeah. A black man, a white woman, a bunch of interracial kids. I'm talking about every every show, every commercial. Like, this is crazy. 
You will not, you're not, what you're not going to do is shove this down my throat. Like this is who we are. Like a black man cannot possibly fall in love with a black woman. Like a black woman cannot possibly fall in love with a black man. I beg to differ. I'm in the church with a whole lot of people are in love with black folk. You feel me? Oh, come on, I'm gonna calm down. I got upset. Like, and it's almost to like if you show that the stars will fall out the sky, the sun will burst into flames, and the moon will just run off somewhere. Like, God forbid that they would show that. I to me, it's a bigger agenda behind not showing black couples on TV or in commercials. It's a whole, to me, uh, you know, you might label me a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a hate monger. I'm not, you know, I'm just, I, you know, love is love. You fall in love with who you fall in love with. You know, we are all made in the image and likeness of God. White people, black people, Asian people, Mideastern pe- people, Indian people, whoever. We're all made in his image and likeness. God wanted a variety of people. That's why we all look different. We all have different skin colors and all that kind of stuff. Because God wanted variety. Shout out to God for his major creativity. Um, no disrespect to that. But you're not going to show one dimension. And like that's, like that's the norm. That's not the norm. You know what I mean? It's, it's like I said, it's, it's not a pro- I'm not like, oh, I hate it. Oh, my God. But it's, that's not it. But mix it. I'll say it this way. Mix it up. It's okay to show a black man in love with a black woman on TV. And in the commercial, it's okay to have a black man, a black woman and black kids on a tight commercial. Like that's that it's okay to do that. And it's yeah. Oh, on the show that I love, the new Amsterdam show, the the chief cardiologist is a black man. Oh, it's, it's the new Amsterdam is a hospital. It's based in New York. It's like a top of the line hospital. It's a state ran hospital, but it's like it's an amazing hospital. It's based on a book. I don't know the name of the book. I'm sorry. But um. The chief cardiologist is a black man. And so in the first episode, he was having this interaction with this, uh, the white woman. She is a, the, the, uh, doctor in the ER. And so, you know, they must've had a kiss or something, you know, at some point. And then she, he was like, I can't do this. Like, I, I can't be with you. So she was like, well, why can't you be with me? And he said, because you're not black. So shout out to the writers for writing that in, but I don't like where they left, where they left it. And so, and so she said, what do you mean? I don't understand that. And he said, well, in my mind, I see myself with a black woman. And, and she was like, well, I don't understand that. Um, I don't see any black women chasing you down. So I wanted to jump through the screen on that one. Cause I didn't like how the writers did that. And so I'm like, and so I think like four episodes in, like, he's, like, relenting. Like, okay, I'm going to be in a relationship with her. So she's like, well, don't start something you can't finish. So now she's pushing him away. She wanted him in the first episode. And four episodes later, he tried to, you know, he's trying to, you know, um, start something up with her, start a relationship up with her. And she's like, well, don't start something you can't finish. So I'm already like, okay. But that's just one of the, one show. And it's like, Show, like I said before, and I only I keep repeating myself, but that's one as one dimension. Like, yep, black men are with white women. Yep, that happens. Fine, no problem with that. No problem. You'll get no argument from me on that. But black men are also with black women. 
show that as well. That's all. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Stop trying to shove that down my throat. Like that is the norm and that's what it should be. No, they're black. You know, no, no capital N capital O. No. Um, what else? I'm moving along. <laughs> I'm going to move it along. Did you guys see Dr. Phil's latest episode? It's a young lady only about 16 years old. Her name is, uh, Treasure, treasure is her name. Treasure is obviously black, right? But she thinks that she's white. So she has a transracial problem. Trans, I don't know what they call it. She has the, the Rachel Dolezal, what's her name? Dolezal, who the white woman that thinks she's black. She has her disease. (laughs) She's like, but she is on the extreme. This young lady says, oh, black people are ghetto. They're stupid. They're violent. She, she said, I, I can, what'd she say? She said, I, I can, um, I love the KKK. I love what they stand for. I agree. No, she said, I agree with the KKK. Um, just, just doing the most. Um, they, they gave a little bit of her backstory. Like her mom was married to a white man and her, who was not, was not her father, but her mom told her, told her and her brother that that was their father. And when she was five years old, he died. He, he passed away from something. And then her mom told her the truth like that. Excuse me. That is not your father. That was not your father. That was the only father that she knew though. And so fast forward 11 years later, she's now 16 and she hates black people. Now, when I tell you she's obviously black, I'm talking about the brownest skin you could find. Uh, and she says her hair is naturally straight, ma'am. That's a perm. It's either a just for me perm in that head of yours or a flat iron. Let's, let's, let's say, I got to call it. I got to call it. I got to call it. But she was doing the absolute most. Part of me thinks that she's just trying to get some, get 15 minutes of fame. Um, just like how the girl that catch me outside girl did. Remember her? And now she got like a, she was nominated for a Grammy. She had a record contract and all that. Part of me feels like Miss Treasure is trying to get 15, her 15 minutes of fame. And this whole thing is made up. Because I can't, I find it hard to believe, to believe that this young girl says, I'm talking about with, she sounded like she was in the KKK. Like with so much hatred, and I, I find it hard to believe that she's around black people talking like that. And ain't nobody... Uh, I won't say, I'm um, saying, let me see. And nobody laid hands on her yet. Nobody prayed with her. <laughs> nobody gathered her up yet. I find it hard to believe. But um, she was, and then there was a, a, a life coach on there. And the life coach was a black woman. And she was talking to her. And she called her the, the, black, the life coach. She said, this hood rat. I'm not listening to this hood rat. Girl, 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 girl. And then uh, Dr. Phil checked her. She said, he said, you know, but you got about six sayings. And then after that, you you sound like blah, 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 blah. And she was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, self-hatred is real. Let me just start. Let me, let me say that. We're not going to act like black, a lot of black people don't feel like that way. Some, I won't say a lot. Some black people don't feel that way about other black people. They just don't voice it like she did on the platform that she did. Um, we see other black people and we're like, Ugh, I can't believe they, 
you know, I can't believe they said that. I can't believe they had that on in public. You know what I mean? We we're so critical of one another. We we just we just are. You know, and in part, it's not our fault. It's that still stems from slavery. I don't know why people think slavery ended and everything is kumbaya. Like we don't have PTSD from slavery. I don't know why people don't think that, but we do. Um, we still have somebody, the, 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 um, the, what's the word I'm looking for? We don't like, we don't still have some of the, oh God, I can't think of the word, but anywho, we still have some residue. There, there it is. We have some residue of what took, what happened to us. We were products. We were less than humans and we were, it was ingrained in our head for years and you think one day we were set free and all of a sudden, oh, I'm free. I'm equal now. That, oh, that didn't just go away. That didn't just go. You can, you, it's obvious. Look, look in your communities. Look at how we're, some of us are still living. Look at some of the opportunities that we're still not getting. The remnants of what happened. That stuff is still present today. So, you know, how, you know, she, what Treasure said, like I said, she got the Rachel Dolezal disease. Um, but what she said was crazy in and of itself, but we're not going to act like, like I said, a lot of us don't have some of those crazy little, maybe at a, on a smaller scale than her, some of those crazy views about one another. Um, but let's, we got to do better. We got to do better. I hope that she gets the help that she needs. I, what she needs to be is dropped off at a KKK rally and then she'll see how African-American she really is. No, I'm sorry. That's not right. I'm not <laughs> That's not right. That's not right. I can't, I don't wish harm on little mama. Um, I just wish little mama would come and, 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 and chill with me for like a day when she go back home, trust and believe she would not be the same. When she come through this doorway, honey, she would be transformed. I will have Miss Treasure will be a true treasure for real when she got back to her mama and brother. But okay, y'all, I'm not going to be labor this. Like I always say, y'all, I want y'all in heaven with me and let's do better. Let's do better. Please get out there and vote um, November 5th. Get out and vote for your senators, your uh, council people, your AGs, your um, state commissioners, your whatever. Get out there and vote. Do your research on who's running. Don't just vote Democratic or Republican or don't just vote because they black. Don't just vote because they're a woman. Find out what they're, what they're running on, what the campaign is that they're running on. And then once they're, if you see somebody that's running on issues that you can agree with, Vote for them, and then once they're in office, hold them accountable to what they said that they were going to do. You know, so yeah, get get out to the polls. Um, when I come back on next week, I got it there. I forgot the number. There's if you are being violated in any way in terms of voting, if somebody's trying to 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 stop you from voting because of an ID or maybe you had a felon in the past, whatever. There is a hotline that you can call. I don't have the number with me, but I'm going to have it for the next episode 
Make sure you you have a right to vote. Get out there and vote. Make it, let your voice be heard. This this election is very important. These are people that are running for us that and that will make laws that will impact us in our communities, in our neighborhoods, in our cities. Get out, please get out there and vote. Take people to the polls. If you know people don't have a ride or whatever, a car, or whatever, take people to the polls, do whatever, do your part. All right. And like I always say, I want to see you in heaven with me and I'm out.